Rapid expansion? We're ready. Worker shortage? We're good. Anything can change the world of work. A celebrity buys the company. Depends on who it is. But relax, we've got ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. They say there's no such thing as a free lunch, but Wall Street is testing that cliché. Over the last few weeks, the top discount brokerage firms have been falling over themselves to cut commissions on stock trades. While that's probably bad news for the brokers themselves, the disappearance of fees should be good news for investors. Actually, though, the story is a bit more complicated. I'm Alex Ewell. Welcome to The Readback. This week, I'm joined by Beverly Goodman, who runs Barron's Investing Coverage. Hey, Beverly. Hi, Alex. Why was last week such a big deal in the brokerage world? It was another salvo in the fee wars. (laughs) Um, Investing is getting cheaper and cheaper. And last week, actually, a firm called Interactive Brokers kicked off the free trade effort. The new IBKR Lite plan offers unlimited commission-free trades on listed U.S. stocks and ETFs through our online client portal. But it really gained traction, obviously, when Charles Schwab matched it. Schwab is eliminating U.S. stock ETF and options commissions. All the uh, online broker stocks are getting hit on this news. It actually follows last The brokerage industry is in for an all-out war for customers. TD Ameritrade is the latest to announce the elimination of fees on stock trades. This comes after... E-Trade said Wednesday it is scrapping fees on U.S. stock ETF and options trades, although options will still have a 65-cent charge per contract. E-Trade follows Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade in getting rid of the fees earlier this week. Free trade. So what does that mean? I can now buy Coke and Pepsi as many times as I want and never pay anything? Pretty much. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You can start your day trading career now. Very 2000 or very 1999. (laughs) Yeah. So there are probably still some things to be worked out in reading the fine print. But generally speaking, investors that have a Schwab brokerage account, Interactive Traders, Ameritrade, we can probably expect this to ripple through other firms in the industry, will not be charged anything to buy or sell a stock and possibly options, possibly funds, depending on the firm and how you're doing it. And once upon a time, these commissions were basically how brokerage firms made all their money? It was certainly how they made a lot of it. And it really has dropped far fast. It wasn't that once upon a time ago. (laughs) It was (laughs) as recently as 2006. um, People at Schwab paid $20 to buy and sell a stock. Wow. And later this month, it's zero. Yep. Now, before we get to the consumer, let's just talk about investors who who own Schwab stock for a second. This was actually not seen as a good thing for shareholders. True. Shares dropped. Um, Schwab is not really very profitable. And Schwab is actually a very large company. It's a very diverse company. Um, Its online brokerage platform is only part of the business. It also serves as a custodian, which basically works with financial advisors and actually holds the money of the advisor's business. It also has its own asset management business. It has its own mutual funds and ETFs. And it has a bank, and its bank is really what has kept it on the side of profitability. A bank meaning they hold our cash? Exactly. I mean, just like any other retail bank that you can put money into or take money out, checking accounts, money market accounts, you name it. And so it seems like this probably in our current world maybe got exaggerated last week. I mean, the fact that Schwab and TG Ameritrade and E-Trade all fell so big on this news maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense. 
It makes sense from a stock investor standpoint in if you're invested in these companies because these companies have dramatically reduced their revenue stream. Um, the more pure plays like a TD Ameritrade, it's a much bigger hit. For Schwab, they've said that it's only going to affect 3.5% of their revenue, again, because Schwab is such a big company and they have so many different kinds of uh, revenue streams coming in that free trades going from $5 to zero is not as big a hit on the whole company. Right. I mean, Darren Fonda, who wrote the cover story for us on Schwab this week, points out that they had $11 billion in revenue, and this is maybe a $400 million hit. Right, at most. Okay. Schwab has found itself at the center of various kind of financial services, changes, innovations for, for decades, right? Can you just tell us a little bit more about Schwab and how we got here? Sure. Schwab started in 1963 when Charles Schwab, the man, um, launched an investing newsletter. It, about 10 years later, became a, a brokerage. And in 1975 was when the big changes happened. That was when the Securities and Exchange Commission changed its rules on brokerage transaction fees, and everything needed to be a lot more transparent and a lot more simple. Okay. So once investors were able to fully understand what they were being charged, there was an opportunity for companies like Charles Schwab to actually deal with them a little more directly and a little more transparently. Buying stocks got a little bit simpler thanks to Charles Schwab. Is that an overstatement? It definitely did. No, it's not an overstatement. Um, they really did bring a lot of Wall Street to Main Street, which is one of their moments that they're particularly proud of. They have a lot of marketing behind a lot of what they do, right? Yeah, they're a huge company, and they've been hugely influential ever since their founding. They tend to be, I think, a little reactive. Even last week in particular, um, it was actually a smaller company, Interactive Brokers, that kicked off this particular fee war. But Charles Schwab, when they respond, they can respond quickly and thoroughly, and they have a much larger impact because of their size. The idea of fees is fascinating to me in investing because it's not just commissions where fees are falling. It feels like just fees and in investing in general are constantly falling. We're, we're always writing about the lower expenses in mutual funds and ETFs, which have fallen dramatically. There's the influence of robo-advisors in the financial advisory world where you're no longer paying 1% to a human to advise you. You maybe are paying 25 basis points or a quarter of a percent to advise you. So is this just part of the same story? It is all part of the same story, which is that investing has never been cheaper, whether it's the actual products that you own, whether it's a mutual fund or ETF, or the means of purchasing or selling those products is also now virtually free. It also kind of gets back to the long-term strategy for a lot of these companies where if you run a business by giving everything away for free, what exactly is your business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess great for customers. <laughs> it is right? great for customers, and it's definitely allowed people to – get a, a better sense of control over their finances, I think. Um, Schwab has also a robust robo-advice um, business, also free. And they have been a huge player in pushing the cost of owning mutual funds and ETFs down, the annual expenses that people pay. Mm -hmm. They've been a huge influence there. Right. So sounds like no fees to buy or sell a stock. That's great, but it's not quite so clean like that, right? I mean, where else are, is money getting charged to stock traders these days? 
Well, there could be an issue with what's known as the spread, which is basically the the difference between what you think you're buying a stock at and what someone else is willing to sell it for. Okay, so I want to buy it at 35. I might not actually get it at 35. Exactly. So there could be some issues in that. And savvy traders can have specific kinds of trades that will kind of ensure that they don't overpay when buying. For most people, if you're not trading that often, the the issue will be minimal. The problem, though, is that it's not transparent. When you pay a, a trading fee, you know that it's $5. Um, you don't really know what the actual transaction cost of each trade is. And so I guess one issue is Schwab now no longer making any money on the trade itself. Perhaps they and their rivals are incentivized to just find those other fee sources, whether that's the difference in what they buy and sell the stock for, or perhaps how they make money off of their bank? Yeah, that could be. I think it's important to remember that Schwab is a for-profit company. They have done a lot of good for the investor, but they're not a nonprofit, just purely, um, you know, operating for the good of the public. Yeah, and I think we've seen that from various efforts from Schwab, including this robo-advisor product, the the automated investing algorithm-driven software that they offer for very low cost and in some cases even free, the way they make money there is they've told their customers, well, we're going to take more of your overall investment portfolio and put it in cash. And some people might be okay with that, but really by putting that money in cash, they make they make interest off of your money, right? Yeah. I mean, the robo, which is essentially another free service that they offer, allows people who don't really want to decide how much money should go into which funds and which asset classes. Stocks versus bonds. Exactly. And they can just say, okay, here's my, you know, X thousand dollars. You do with it what you think is right. And Schwab has a tendency to put more of that money into cash, which ends up in Schwab's bank, than other robo-advisors. Most robo-advisors have just 1% in cash, Schwab. Five to 10, I think. And so right there is sort of a very clear example of how they'll continue to make money. Exactly. Even in a zero-fee world. (laughs) They have to. If they do not make money, they will go out of business. How well-known do you think that is? in this world of, I imagine there'll be a lot of advertising now, no fee (laughs) trading. Is this going to be a problem going forward? Um, It could be. Again, if if you're not trading that often and you're just kind of doing the typical rebalancing or, you know, regular investing, saving for retirement or for kids' education, the small difference that in a bid-ask spread shouldn't upset your portfolio at all. It shouldn't be a worry. I think the bigger issue is the behavioral one where it kind of could incentivize people to trade much more frequently, which is generally not a good thing. The research shows you're better off being a long-term investor, right? Not buying and selling Coke or Pepsi because they did well in their latest earnings results. Exactly. All of the research shows (laughs) that investors tend to, you know, buy high and sell low. And that is the exact opposite of what you really want to do. How much do you think we want or Wall Street should be incentivizing investors to be trading in the first place? (laughs) That's a great question. And I don't think investors really should be incentivized to trade. I mean, to the extent that trades are cheap helps them, especially um, people who are investing on a regular basis but smaller amounts. A lot of times, you know, that could save them a lot of money if they're just doing it on a monthly basis. But 
At the end of the day, I mean, you really want to create an investment plan that you feel comfortable with, that you're not really changing all that much. Trading in and out of. Exactly. So it shouldn't be, you know, what happened in the market that day, and now I need to make six trades to to combat whatever I think is going wrong um, or to take advantage of whatever I think is going right. I mean, really, the only time you should be trading is the occasional maybe quarterly, probably annually for most people, rebalancing just to make sure that your plan is still what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, continual saving throughout the year. And, you know, a little bit when you actually need the money, when it's time to pay that tuition bill or you actually retire and you need to rethink how you're invested. All right. Makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Bev. Thank you. The broker news has continued to come in. After Beverly and I spoke this week, Fidelity announced that it, too, was getting out of the stock fee business. Fidelity's move is likely the final straw for stock commissions. To read our cover story about Charles Schwab and the race to zero fees, check out this week's edition of Barron's and, as always, barrons.com. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Litoft. The Readback will return next Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise.